Hey guys, welcome to the prop cast. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> oh God. We're gonna have to start again. <laughs> prop cast. <laughs> Sounds like a, a podcast so about propellers. Is a serious suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually okay. horrified. Okay. Hi everyone, welcome to the first edition of uh, the Propane Fitness Podcast. Um, I'm here today with the two other editors, Ben. You want to say hi, Ben? Yeah, hi, And Yusuf. Hello. And today we're going to discuss um, initially some some talk about fasting, and then we're going to talk about goal setting for 2013. So, uh, Ben, why don't you kick us off? What are your thoughts on fasting? Um, at the minute, I'm not really doing any fasting, and that's not because I have a problem with it. It's just... At the moment, it, it's something that I've, I've done for a long time, and I just thought I'd um, I'd go back to eating sort of breakfast just just for a break from it, really. But I mean, fasting for me is more of like an adherence thing. You know, when you when you drop your calories down, or you, you're just trying to have more satisfying meals. Sometimes it's better to skip breakfast so you can save up more of a calorie budget for later. So that's really that's my main approach to it at the minute. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I agree. Um, so do you, you're not necessarily, I mean, are you eating breakfast at the moment? Yeah, I've been, I've been eating breakfast pretty consistently. I mean, apart from a couple of days where I might have delayed it for a little while for whatever reason, like today, for instance, um, I got back in the house quite late this morning, so I didn't really wake up until midday, so but that wasn't intentional. <laughs> so that's kind of um, a very different school of thought to what's popular at the moment in the industry isn't it i mean everyone dismisses breakfast as the worst thing possible but um so would you say that just getting certain amounts of each macro is the most important thing and then fasting and nutrient timing are more tweaks yeah exactly i mean the way i look at it is that you know over the day your intake of the various macronutrients is going to dictate whether or not you gain muscle whether or not you lose fat and then the timing isn't really that relevant, but obviously there are, there are tweaks to, you know, to, you wouldn't, for instance, just have like all of your fat in one meal, all of your carbs in another meal, and all of your protein in one meal, which is sort of, I think how we discussed, you'd optimally sort of derange <laughs> your, if it fits your macros diet. But, but, but yeah, assuming you do it in a, in a sensible manner, you, the timing isn't that important. It's, it comes down more like what fits your schedule, what, what, works best for you practically and for some people that simply means you know they're not hungry at breakfast time so why would they eat breakfast you know just because that's what you you know you might have been told to do it doesn't make any sense similarly if you if you're ravenously hungry at breakfast and it's a real chore to get through your day skipping it then then why not just have it you know yeah so really what you're saying is the best thing to do is to wake up and have all of your carbs and fat straight away just in case you're hungry and then wait until later in the day and eat all your protein yeah i would say that and you know i at the minute what i do is i have a bowl of sugar right and i pour some olive oil into that okay until it reaches a you know suitable consistency and that is my breakfast and then later on in the day i will have uh some some lean protein like perhaps oh you've got to make sure it's lean yeah, well, yeah. I don't want to get fat. So, well, precisely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've actually been doing something quite similar where I'll wake up and um, put a tub of margarine in the microwave <laughs> after it and then dip uh, twiglets. I don't know if you're familiar with them. 
<laughs> just because um, they they essentially help mTOR, the mammalian target of rapamycin, um, and just dip them, and that's pretty good for the first part of the day. Nice. Um, okay. In all seriousness, though, I, um, I think it's very convenient, and it's from a behavioral perspective, it's great. You can, um, you can really pound the food when you come home, and you unlikely to go over your calorie limit in sort of one or two meals. Yeah. Um, it also fits the day quite well because I'll, I'll wake up, have some caffeine and some water and it keeps me focused throughout the day. Um, and then when I come home, I'll sort of have the majority of my food. Yeah. It's not a bit to noon. But... So are you fasting at the moment, Yusuf? Yeah, pretty much doing the protein protocol. Oh, okay. I've heard that's good, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. So how long how long are you fasting for then in the, for, on the propane protocols? Is it sixteen hours or eighteen hours? Loosely between fourteen and sixteen hours. Right. But I'm not being super strict about it right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a similar thing. Um, I know there's a, a one of the questions on the Facebook thread we had was about mTOR, wasn't it, and uh, whether or not we changed our recommendations subject to that. But I think we've all had very good experience with fasting for longer than 16 hours and it's not not been a problem so i'd say our recommendations are the same would everyone agree yeah to, to be honest the thing about mTOR is that like it's not you know mTOR is one pathway that's responsible for anabolism sure and like if you if you don't activate that then you know you, you're obviously not um you're not doing anything with regards to like muscle gain you know, if AMPK is dominant, then that's pretty much catabolic process that you're talking about. But the key issue is whether or not, um, you know, the, the balance between AMPK and mTOR is, you know, over the whole day or over the week is favorable towards muscle gain or, or fat loss or whether, it depends on your goals, basically. I mean, for me, if you have mTOR active all the time, yeah, that might be good for muscle gain. However, you've also got to look at a health as well, because while mTOR is active, you're also proliferating, um, you know, cancer cells. Um, you're also not giving your body a chance to kick in um, mechanisms responsible for autophagy. Um, so there's a whole, like, it's a very complicated, complicated balance between, you know, uh, things which are positive for fat loss, things which are positive for health, and and then muscle gain. I mean, if muscle gain is your only priority, I mean, yeah, sure, you want mTOR active as much as possible, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not that's necessarily going to be a priority for everyone and whether or not it is a healthy long-term approach. Yeah, I would say most people, um, whether they admit it or not, would have some value on, on staying lean um, while while gaining muscle. So I'm not sure that all-out muscle gain at, at all costs is, is a goal for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that, so that answers that then. So fasting fasting's fine. I guess is the is the summary to that, but it depends on your goals. Um, so the the other thing we're going to talk about, which is uh, a bit of a, a poignant topic at the moment, would be uh, goal setting for twenty thirteen and how you would go about setting goals and then how you'd go about uh, reaching them. So I think Ben, you wrote an article on this, didn't you, recently? Yeah, it was just a, it was just a small article because it was something I was thinking about, and practically it's just one of the questions you you always have is well, like. What what is it I want to achieve? And it doesn't have to be you know like a New Year's resolution type thing. It could just be, you know, in a in a given day or, you know, just in a week. What 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 are you trying to 
to do with the, with your time. You know, it could be could be something very small, like you've got something you want to do around the house, like DIY. It could be something massive, like you, you you're setting up a new business or something. But like to my mind, there's a few practical things you sort of need to do, or I need to do to to make that that happen. And it usually results around breaking that down into smaller steps, having clear progression towards that goal and then little things like that. And so that's why I brought into the article, just to sort of help other people if if I could with maybe arriving at, you know, setting the right goals as well as, as how you achieve them. It's a good article. Uh, speaking of which, what are everyone's goals for next year? Um, so Johnny, do you want to... Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I have some pretty. Sorry. Uh, just got a million kilograms. <laughs> uh, no, that's a that's a five year plan. The million million okay. kilos one. Because obviously you got to think about your joints, haven't you? And that's the main issue. But um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, before before you so freely interrupted me, um, my goals would be squat. Uh, 227 kilos or near 500 pounds um, bench 180 kilos or 400 pounds um, deadlift 270 kilos or I think it's 272 um, which would be 600 pounds and also a goal to uh, to compete in powerlifting during the year um, yeah that, that, that's it that's, I mean obviously it's quite ambitious um, but that summarises my goals so Yusuf um Relatively similar. I mean, I've I've pretty much hit my strength goals for this year, which were 300, 400, 500 for squat, bench, deadlift. Um, I'd like to compete more in gymnastics and uh, powerlifting next year. I think weightlifting will probably have to wait just because it's so technical that requires a lot more um, specific time dedication to it at the expense of other things. Yeah. Ben? Um, yeah, so uh, my goals for this year primarily to do some uh, physique competitions and you know place well. I mean, obviously the goal is to win, uh, realistically if I can. But um, I just so want to basically just get in um, stage condition um, for these shows I'm going to be doing. Um, bring in the most complete physique possible in terms of working on weak points and. And making sure that you know that the symmetry and the proportions are there because um, there are certain things I do need to, to work on in terms of body parts but um, doing my best to really minimize those weak points if I can and just make sure the conditioning's spot on so that's my main goal obviously strength um, you know along with that if possible you know I do want to obviously continue to progress on compound lifts but uh, the main thing is just improvements in the physique okay so in keeping with that then, is there anything that either of you are going to change drastically from what you've been doing so far or what you've done over the over the past year, diet and training-wise, obviously? Um, training-wise, I've really just, you know, been starting to narrow down the main sort of elements in my training, which, which are, uh, I'm seeing improvements in specific body parts so for instance the way I train shadows has, cha- has changed a fair amount and I've really started to get a good idea of which movements are, are the most beneficial um, which ones are, are not particularly good for shoulder health things like that and that's just been my main focus is, is being able to progress on key movements and and have them be 
ones which are giving me the most um, development in, in sort of like upper chests and things like that, you know. Okay. Yusuf, any changes? <clears throat> I think for me it's just doing a lot more hip mobility work, um, particularly with working full-time. That's something which um, really tightens up the hips and has noticeably affected my squat and deadlift um, over the last couple of months. So that's going to be something to keep in for a bit longer. Um, also just to get comfortably lean enough that it's no longer a psychological distraction. And I think um, if you're not quite happy with your level of body fat and you're trying to pursue other goals, it's always going to hold you back in some way. I think uh, it, it stops you from really going up whatever you're aiming for with all guns blazing. Yeah. Are you, Johnny? Yeah. Um, which I've got the same problem as, as yourself in that uh, starting a, jo- a desktop, de- desk job recently has uh, destroyed my hip mobility. So uh, that's certainly something to focus on. Um, and uh, the way the way I've been doing that is just trying to stay consistent with, with stretching before and after work. I think it's more about the accumulation of your efforts rather than um, sort of foam rolling once a fortnight and thinking that that's your soft tissue work. Um, whereas if you spend you know five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening every day um, and work on sore points, then you know over the week you've accumulated a lot of time and um, gone quite a long way towards sort of relieving any pain or or discomfort you might be in. So that's that's the main thing I'm working on out, outside the gym. And then uh, with training, I've moved back towards uh, an auto-regulation type, type template. Um, I, I moved away from it during this year um, and tried like standard periodization templates. Um, they worked for a while, but I think I just hit a brick wall with them both uh, psychologically and physiologically. So I've kind of gone back to the way I originally started training and the way I really enjoy training. So it's, it's an exciting move. But um, I think uh, one thing that you touched on there, Yusuf, about leanness being a psychological barrier, um, it's something that Ben and I were speaking about the other day, uh, where I think we both think it's a, a misconception that it's you can stay at 6% all year and um, still like, maintain your sanity. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Ben? Um, yeah, I think, I think being lean, I, I always, I'd always prefer to be lean if possible but the question is is always like how lean is it i mean like do you want to be six percent year all, all year round i mean because that is difficult to maintain i mean whatever people will tell you that from my own experience to get to that level of leanness took a lot of effort and maintaining it meant that you couldn't really have a two-week period where you substantially deviated from your diet because two weeks was enough that you'd be back up you know, past the 6% mark and you'd have to then, you know, drop your calories, do a bit more cardio to bring it down. That's what you'd expect. It's just, do you want to be trapped in that cycle where you have to <clears throat> constantly maintain, constantly do the cardio, constantly uh, be on a, you know, a fairly punishing diet, you know, to, to, to be shredded all the time? Or is there a more comfortable level of body fat that might be, it might be 8%, it might be 10%, which you can maintain without so much effort where you still feel good about yourself and it doesn't impinge on the rest of your life. And for me, I'd say probably 8% is, a, is maintainable without, without it impinging too much on the lifestyle. It's still something that takes work to maintain, but that's about the level I'd say I could 
I could pull off year round. Whereas six percent, I think honestly, there's times where, especially over the winter, you just think I'm I'm freezing cold. I don't want to have to wrap up in this many layers. I don't want to have to be doing, you know, this level of, uh, you know, calorie restriction to, you know, when I've got social commitments and things. And it, it, that for me, I just have to be honest. I'd say six percent. I can manage that during the summer, but the rest of the year, it's just. It's just too much. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I think uh, I, I dieted down to that level of body fat earlier this year, and um, a couple of things I noticed that seem fairly consistent across other people that have done it is that no matter how lean you are, it's never lean enough in your mind, and um, you always try and get leaner, and it becomes this thing that can quite quickly spiral out of control unless you have somebody to objectively help. Um, and additionally, as Ben said, the, the amount of your life you have to devote to keeping that is a lot more than I think is is let on in, in fitness media at the moment. I think it's a lot of people sort of drop hints that they maintain 6% or 5% all year, and they may well do, but I, I would say from personal experience it's very difficult, um, especially psychologically if you value strength. Um, it's very difficult to maintain and gain strength at that level of body fat. Um, Yusuf, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I agree with possible to maintain extremely low levels of body fat for a long time if you're just sort of chronically underfed and feeling crap all the time but it's not how most people want to live their lives and um, I think as Ben said if you if you get lean enough that you have a, a buffer where you can sort of fluctuate between um, 8 and 10% or maybe higher depending on your personal preference and um, you've kind of got some some leeway in terms of uh, getting stronger and then um, like I, I'm not saying I'm not advising like bulk cut cycles per se but uh, you know you can kind of um, fluctuate in between your own uh, comfort zone. Yeah I think I think as well I, I do see the benefit in staying lean well not, not letting yourself get too much out of shape year round because I think it's crazy to do this whole bulk and, and cut cycle thing where people, you know, try and get as fat as quickly as possible over the winter, then try and get as lean as possible as quickly as possible during the summer. And essentially all you're doing is making more work for yourself in both directions. Like you, you put more fat on than you need to, and then you end up losing more muscle than you need to when you die. And it's just, it's insane to me. And I think if you have a comfortable range where you can maintain let's say eight between eight and ten percent or eight and twelve percent year round and you, you're comfortably gaining muscle and strength when you're at the higher end of the, the range and you're not losing strength you're maintaining it and losing fat at a sensible rate on the lower end you know whether that's for a holiday or whether it's just you know just to look good with your top off during the summer you know that that to me makes far more sense because unless you are a serious physique athlete unless you are doing shoots for you know, muscle and fitness or men's health. There's no need to be shredded year round. There just isn't any need for it, and you, that might make you happy. But I would question whether or not your happiness is 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 coming from the right place. If if that's what you need, you know, um, <coughs> I, I think you can look good without being six percent. And I don't. Uh, and also, if you're going away for a holiday, you know, you don't need to be six percent <laughs> for you know for a week in a beef. it's just. I mean, I'm saying that I'm a total hypocrite because obviously that was me this year. But uh, <laughs> you know, 
It's just not necessary. It's you know. I think it's uh, it's something that everybody should do once. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. Because it's it is it is an experience, but equally, I don't know whether you'll agree with this, Ben, that when you were that lean, you st- I bet you still wanted to get leaner. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the worst thing as well was like when I stopped the diet and I was happy with where I was at. I could have. I, I mean, I was tempted to go and do like a, a competition because I, I wasn't really. I was pretty much where I needed to be to, to do a show, but then when I went on holiday and, you know, this was a few weeks after my diet finished and I was just sort of having, you know, a sort of free eating period, I was thinking, oh, you know what, I could have been more shredded, you know, <laughs> I could have had more vascularity over my lower abs or something. Yeah. And you just just think, you know, realistically, that's not what it's about. It's about enjoying yourself. And if you're constantly raising the bar or, you know, looking for lower levels of body fat to make yourself feel happy then it's it's a really destructive cycle to get into and i would i would say if you're going to do it do it for a competition or do it do it for a reason other than feeling happy with yourself like it, you should externalize it instead of internalizing it because as soon as you make it into a game of like looking in the mirror and and thinking oh you know what i'd look so much better if i six percent as soon as you internalize it it becomes a problem I think and if you if you put it on in external terms like for instance I need to be um, you know 6% for this photo shoot or I need to be 4% body fat for this competition then it takes away that element of, of being unhappy with yourself because it's, it's about someone external judging you or or there being external factors which influence your success rather than it becoming a constant game where you're, you're moving the boundaries all the time um, yeah, I think that was something that you said in that article that Brad Pilon said, which is that the best way to stay accountable is to book a, book four photo shoots a year or something like that. Yeah, that was what Brad uh, Pilon was saying yeah. um, about you know if you want to stay in good shape year round, book in photo shoots yeah. every year because because then the accountability is there and it takes away all the decision making from yourself. If you know there's a date that you've paid someone to take a photograph of you and you're not the way you want to look when that date, you know, arrives, well, you've got no one to blame but yourself. Agreed. I think that's Uh, a good way to, um, there's a lot of misinformation that people saying about about bulking, as Ben said, where really you can't force the body to gain muscle and strength at a quicker rate than than it can. Um, And there's people, you know, thinking they need to eat 6,000 calories a day to... The bulk up and it's just like totally ridiculous. Whereas, like, if you do have a photo shoot coming up, you know that you're not going to let yourself become a total fat mess by that point. Otherwise, it's going to be embarrassing when you take your shirt off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think um, ultimately, that this is lies probably at the heart of the whole sort of fitness industry is this concept of like being, I'd say, happiness. It's pretty crucial because, like, you know, everyone wants to improve the way they look and everyone wants to look good for other people and, and feel happy with the way that they they appear in the mirror. But the, the question is, at what point does it become self-destructive to to be unhappy about the way you look? I mean, it's different. If someone looks in the mirror and they're unhappy because they're very obese and they know that they need to be healthier, you know, because it's it's something that will allow them to live longer, they'll, they'll be more confident and they'll, you know, have a better outlook on life. It will improve their interactions with other people. That's very different to someone who's already, you know, maybe single-digit body fat and just wants to be even leaner because they're 
you know, maybe they've got some issues, they're just, you know, their self-confidence is, is rooted in their, so deeply in their um, body image that they, they're just trapped in a very sort of destructive um, attitude towards training and diet. It's like they're punishing themselves, they're sacrificing because it's what they feel they, they need to do to be better than other people or to justify um, their existence. And it, I think that's when it becomes dangerous rather than... Um, yeah, so when it becomes internalised, I think it's when it is potentially an issue. Yeah. Well, that's something I spoke about in the, the article that we that went out on uh, Christmas Eve about, um, you know, to, to what to what extent are you, make, you know, do, pursuing fitness goals simply for yourself? And then yeah. from that, how, you know, how much do they actually complement your life and how much are they disadvantaging you socially? Because um, I, do, I do think it is the case that most people start um, weight training or dieting to improve some, improve themselves socially, and then it ends up being a detriment to their life socially. So it's a, it's a dangerous spiral to get involved with. Um, okay, so if you both had one tip to give people for next year, what would it be? <laughs> you still want to go first? I'd <laughs> say do some press-ups. Do some press-ups. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you want, do you want to expand on that a little, Yusuf? That might seem like a strange suggestion. Yeah, that sounds like a facetious comment, but um, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but I'm gonna come out with an article quite soon on uh, how I've uh, increased my bench. Um, right. Probably it had something to do with doing press ups. Was um, it a black ops bodybuilding project? Or? Um, you could say that. Right. <laughs> they're, they're the best um, ones. Is this, best like, ones. is this like a proper? Is this bench is in like? actually like a proper rep or is it like, where you just have, have your hips scraping the ceiling and... well um... <laughs> <laughs> thanks the silent, silence answers cool. the question um, so yeah my my tip for next year would be instead of trying to do everything at once especially if for instance if you just joined a gym don't suddenly decide that you're going to become Chris Hemsworth or, you know, you're, you're going to look lean and muscular overnight. Pick one thing to improve about your physique. For instance, if you've got body fat to lose, work on, on that as your main focus. Pick one thing, have a realistic idea of what the time frame should be. That might be six months, it might be the whole year. For instance, if it's just to get gain muscle and stick at that consistently and don't don't reassess that goal until you've actually put enough time into it to see appreciable results. Okay. Um, my tip would be, it's fairly similar to Ben's, but it would be uh, no matter what you want to um, achieve over the year, um, condense it into a daily activity. So one one daily thing, that, one thing that you do every day that contributes towards that goal. And then every day your only thought should be to, to complete that task. And if that... That means that at the end of each month that you've taken 30, 31 steps closer to your goal. Um, so that'll be my tip. Okay. So is that, I think that's it, isn't it? That's uh, the end of our first podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, from everyone at Propane Fitness, um, we'll hopefully speak to you soon. Thanks.